Hey friends, welcome to Real Talk with Rachel. I'm your host, Rachel Gilbert, and I'm so glad that you're here today. This show is a safe space with real conversations to help you live free and pursue your God-given dreams. Oftentimes, God brings things up because they are on the way out. Lean into the topic that God's bringing up today on finding and staying on a mission for what God has called you to. Be sure to stick around till the end of the show for a short segment where I share counselor-approved strategies to take this Real Talk episode and make it relevant in your everyday life through simple action steps. Today's guest, Katie Bulmer, is the host of the Truth For Your 20s podcast with the mission behind everything she does to be who she needed when she was younger. She's an author and keynote speaker to over 50 colleges nationwide, mom of two girls, TikTok creator, and a big fan of guacamole. You guys are going to love this conversation. So please join me in welcoming Katie to the show. Well, hello, Katie, and welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yay. You've been on my long list of people to get on the show for a long time now. So I'm thrilled that we're finally getting to chat with each other. Um, So one fun thing I like to do with my guests before we jump into what we're going to talk about is what's a fun fact about you that I didn't read on your professional bio? Oh, my. Well, I was born in the middle of a hurricane, and my mom brought me home from the hospital to knee-deep water to the apartment they were staying in. My dad was stationed in an Air Force place. I can't think of the word. And it was knee-deep water. And so I was born in Mississippi, but never lived there because of that. And they evacuated to Atlanta, which is where I was born and raised. But yeah, crazy, crazy, fun, little interesting about me. Yeah. Well, you, you and I have known each other for a little over a year now, I think. And I didn't know that about you. So that's fun. Yeah. I like that. Well, I don't like that, that you're, but you know, something new about you that I didn't know. I always like learning new facts. So that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So I mentioned you and I met, has it been a year ago now? My 2020 awesome. feels like five years ago. So I don't even know <laughs> what, you know, exactly, but so it's been more than a year ago, right? Yeah, because our mastermind met before all the craziness, but you're right. It's like 2020 was super long and super fast all at one time. So yeah, it's hard to know, but I think it's been more than a year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we met in a mastermind for speakers, which that was such a beautiful mastermind and so fun that it, you know, we got to do that before the craziness of 2020 hit. And I don't know how much we want to go into that, but one thing that I know that you and I first clicked with was both of us. The thing that we have in common is we kind of laughed when we we were like, I don't know how we ended up in a speakers group because anybody who knew me, even in high school or really even me in college would laugh out loud or say, yeah, right. You don't, you don't speak. You don't have a podcast that you're like, I would have been voted least likely to be in that category. And you resonated with me when we talked about that. We're like, yep, me too. So share with me a little bit about that for you. Like that's something that you and I are both passionate about of just finding your voice and being brave enough to use it. So let's hear a little of your story on that side of things. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. So when I was in I think it was kindergarten, the teacher asked my mom, like legit, like, can she talk? Because she like never had so far. So I was super, super shy and quiet in grade school and coming up and always like the most self-conscious. I'm, I'm five, eight now, but I got kind of shot up to five, eight when I was really young. So just self-conscious and my own skin and not really knowing my place in the world. And yeah, like you would have been the most unlikely to ever hold a microphone in any fashion or form. 
But I am a firm believer that God gives us where he wants us to go even more than we want to be there. And so when I went to college, I never even went to sorority recruitment, never had sorority even on my radar. I got a snap bid, which I didn't know what that was at the time. But essentially, these girls came to my apartment and were singing with balloons. And they're like, hey, will you be a part of our sorority? And I told them no. <laughs> but later was convinced to join said sorority. Ended up being a really, really powerful time in my life because it was my first time belonging to something bigger than myself. I wasn't really involved in church growing up. I wasn't really good in sports. I was a tall, skinny, awkward girl. And all of a sudden, I belonged to this larger group of women, like this sisterhood, you know? And, you know, sorority means a lot of things to a lot of people. But for me, it was, it was belonging. And it was really, really powerful. But, you know, did my four years, was kind of like, peace out, that was fun, bye. Meanwhile, still don't know who Jesus is, you know, living, you know, boys, booze, Bacardi, all of the things. And kind of had an aha moment my senior year in college, actually, with a woman at the Well Story. And I don't know if you want to get into that real quick. That's like my testimony, but I'll finish the, the voice story first. Left college, you know, peace out, that was fun, and started mentoring young women. Then I'm an Enneagram three, so like what we have to do everything like to the best, right? And so um, I became a Christian at this point, married a youth pastor, and I'm like, well, I have to be the best Christian, which is obviously completely terrible theology, but <laughs> that's what I was trying to do, like on my own strength, and had this total meltdown in our walk-in closet, as one does, and I'm like crying, like, uh, can you see how I'm trying to be such a good, you know, believer over here and like doing all these work? And I've never been more sure I heard the voice of God in that moment when he was like, when did I ever ask you to do all of this stuff that you're busying yourself for doing? Go share your story with sorority women. That is what I've designed you to do. And I'm like, drop the mic. Because that moment, I kind of realized that was my heart language. And I say it that way because we have friends who are missionaries. And they always ask people, because so many people speak different languages in that area of the country. And they always ask people, what is your heart language? Meaning, what's the language you spoke first? And when I heard that, it was like, oh my gosh, my heart language is a typical heartbroken and hunger of a girl. And I was at the time serving all the quote church people and I needed to speak my heart language to who I was when I was younger. So with that being said, I wrote a blog post that turned into an ebook that turned into an actual book. No idea what I'm doing at the time. And that book was my springboard. I started being asked to be a speaker at different colleges. And now over about 60 colleges nationwide, I've been able to go and share my message. And that's how the unlikely girl got to. And then I started a podcast about Truth for Your 20. So all of that designed to be who I needed when I was younger and to speak truth to my 20-year-old friends. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. You had said so many amazing things in there. You touched on the woman at the well. Actually, my guests last week shared about that story as well. What is, what is your story? How's your story intertwined with hers? Yes, I have already requested if I can have neighboring mansions with her in heaven because she is my homegirl. I love this girl. But essentially, if you know the story, it is a heartbroken woman. She was married five times living with a guy she wasn't married to. I like to pretend that she was doing the ancient day walk of shame and her boyfriend's toga and shows up at the well of the most unlikely human being to carry on a conversation with the highest of human beings, Jesus. And he meets her there. And it's actually the longest recorded conversation with Jesus in scripture with this heartbroken girl. And um, essentially what I heard from the conversation is you are filling your cup 
with things that are temporary. You're trying so hard to be all the right things for all the wrong guys. You're trying to be pretty. You're trying to be popular. You're trying so hard. You're spinning all of your wheels. And it's just leaving you more and more broken. And at this time, this was my senior year in college, and I was broken. I, This guy, you know, him and I, I thought we're going to be happily ever after. All the things in my mind were planned out. And we broke up. And I was like, no, 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 no. This is not the way that I had my life planned. So, you know, it's at this broken point and God used that story to be like, even the best guy cannot complete you. You were looking for another sinful human being to fill all your broken places. That is untrue and unfair. I'm the only person that can do that for you. I came to give you eternal water so you'll never thirst again. And that was like my, what? So everything changed for me. I just kind of took a 180, started, I kind of had one foot in the bar and one foot in the church as I was navigating this, but actually pretty quickly started you know, surrounding myself with people who were holding me to a higher standard. And the next, the next guy I dated was my husband. So that works out well. And obviously the woman at the well is that story just gets me every time. Today's episode is brought to you by Joymail, the monthly newsletter I release that's full of resources that deliver a little joy and practical action steps into your inbox and life. To sign up, simply head to rachelgilbert.com Click the Start Here tab and sign up for the newsletter right there. So let's talk a little bit more about your blog post that turned into an ebook and then into a book. And tell us about your slogan that you talk about. And I remember hearing this story again at our mastermind, how sorority girls can change the world. Tell us how you came across that or how you came up with that. Yeah, so this whole time from graduation up until that, meltdown in the closet time, I worked in marketing. So I was a marketing major and then I worked in advertising. I did radio, TV, all the things. So I guess, you know, I'm just kind of attuned to this thing. But around 2014, I had this aha moment with a branded t-shirt that you may or may not have heard of, but they're a really popular brand called Comfort Colors. And at the time, it was unheard of. I, you know, had been selling t-shirts for years, never once heard of it. But I kept getting request after request for these t-shirts. And so I'm like, oh, well, it must be a new thing dig a little deeper, find out that they were founded in the 1970s. I'm like, okay, well, they must have this new ad campaign or maybe like a celebrity endorsement. And dig a little deeper and find out in 2014, their CEO was on his deathbed. They did no additional advertising or celebrity endorsement. They were content to coast. But they skyrocketed from a $10 million company to a $100 million company practically overnight. And it was all thanks to sorority women. I know that to be true because that January we went to our annual trade show where I meet some people behind the scenes at Comfort Colors. I'm like, how did you skyrocket so quickly? I kind of had an idea and they were like, sorority girls can change the world. That's when I was like, oh my gosh, they're right. Like this trend setting power of sorority girls, first of all, do they realize it? Do they know that? Because my marketing brain was like functioning on all cylinders at that point. Like I saw their trend setting power everywhere. I'm like, if they knew this, could they use it for good? So that's part of what I talk to when I go to different sororities. I'm like, we frame the conversation. Do you realize you have this transcending power? Cool. Now let's use this for good. What if every community with a Greek life had better run children's programs and cleaner streets and nonprofits busting with volunteers? Like think of the difference that you can make. Think about your buying power. What if you bought earrings made by artisans in third world countries escaping trafficking? I mean, there's so much that can happen with that. And then I also like to talk about changing the dating world because I was that heartbroken and hungover sorority girl looking for love in all the wrong places and 
their ears definitely perk up when I have that conversation. So I talk a lot about that on Instagram and reels and all that good stuff. But yeah, that's kind of how my marketing brain came to that conclusion that has taken me around (laughs) all these different schools now. Yeah. Oh, I love your story. And, you know, so one thing, one of the reasons I brought you on the show is, I mean, my show is not full of 20 something sorority girl listeners. However, the power of your testimony that I've loved one as being your friend and just watching you grow even within the last year is you are so focused on your mission. I feel like, like you said, like you can tell that God told you, hey, this is who you're called to serve. And you're very clear about that being your mission. Um, I know when we were in our mastermind, we had a dear friend, Jeff, who um, we actually lost during COVID, which was absolutely heartbreaking, shocking, all the words that I can, you know, express um, to our group to, to lose such an amazing man. Um, what was it that he spoke into your life that really confirmed that mission, that call in your life? Oh my gosh, I love that you asked this question. Yeah, so he was working on becoming more of a, a guide to help people find their voice. I mean, that legitimately like was his tagline. And I was helping him do marketing stuff for trade. He was helping me kind of do like business coaching, finding a voice kind of thing. And we had one conversation and I was like, you know, Jeff, I kind of felt conflicted because my main goal in life is to, to show these young women Jesus because that's the only thing that can change. But when I'm invited to speak to these public universities, usually like I can't have a Christian talk, like where do I sit in this, you know, and how do I, how do I navigate and, and serve my audience and all that good stuff. And he was like, Katie, as a pastor, no one's asking me to speak to 400 sorority women. They're asking you, like, this is your mission field. I'm a craft. And I was like, what, a, like, I wasn't even seeing the gift that was right in front of me that they were giving me the microphone. <laughs> And trusting me to speak life to these young women. I don't have to quote John 4. I can just be John 4. I can just show up and love these sweet women and show them how to do college in a new way, how to do life in a new way. And then maybe if they want to follow me on Instagram and see some (laughs) Jesus truth bombs, that's okay too. But it was just a really, you know, eye-opening moment. And it just shows you that your words live on past you as well, that he's still impacting me with those words. I love what you said. I don't have to quote John 4. I can be John 4. Can we just go ahead and drop the microphone right there? Because I think if more Christians got that, wow, our world would be so different. And I'm over here tearing up with you because what, and I feel like that's one of the ways that we can let Jeff's legacy live on is women like you and me having these conversations about how important it is to stay on mission, to bloom wherever it is God has planted us, even if it's never the place you would have envisioned yourself, and then encouraging other people listening to do the same. Because you you just have opened up this beautiful conversation of sometimes, I don't know if you've witnessed this, Katie, or not, but I, I've seen this a lot, and I've even experienced it myself. Um, we feel called by God. But then we try to make it, like you said, well, it's not on a church platform or, you know, we want it to look a certain way. And then when it doesn't, sometimes we can miss it. Like, you know, and I'm like, that's why I'm so excited we're having this conversation because I feel like a lot of us feel called, but then we missed the call because it didn't express itself in the way in which we thought it was going to. What do you think about that? (laughs) A hundred percent. My mom has a quote on the thread of her email. It's like, don't miss a blessing because you don't like the way it's packaged. Mm. And it's just so true. Like 
we need Christians as plumbers and burger flippers and teachers and nurses and everywhere. Because if all the Christians were in the church, that like defeats the whole freaking purpose. Yeah. Yeah. I remember um, when my husband and I first got married, we actually thought he was going to go into vocational ministry. I don't even know. Most people don't know this about us. Like we thought he was going to go be a youth pastor and then a pastor. Like that was kind of the thing because we felt called into ministry. But then God took us a different way. Now we're business owners. And I remember when we first bought our practice, I was thinking, I, I actually said out loud to the wife of the previous owner of the practice, I said to her, well, I thought we were going into ministry, but I guess we're going into business. She goes, oh, no. No, honey, you're going into ministry. <laughs> Don't you for a second think that you're not going into ministry just because you're a business owner, you're going to do it. And man, has she been right? Like, but we've done ministry in so many ways that with people who probably never would have stepped foot inside of a church, right? You know, so it's yeah. been really neat to see that. <laughs> I love that. I love y'all, and y'all are so cute. I love your business. I love how it's growing. Too. It's fun to, you know, on the outside looking in, it's just fun the encouragement that you get to cheer your sisters on. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Okay, so you help twenty somethings know their worth, but here's the question I have for you. I don't know about you, but I know thirty somethings, forty somethings, fifties. I know all ages of women who don't know their worth. In your experience in working with women, what do you feel like is the biggest thing that holds them back from knowing their worth? Oh, such a good question. I think a lot of times we think we need to have this crying in the closet, hearing from God moment, or like the heavens need to part or something. But often, actually before that, and really how I got to this moment was a quote that I heard that just see where God's already at work and see if you can join in. Mm. So I knew for sure in our small town that we lived in that God was doing incredible things with this ministry where it was helping, you know, people in foster care or um, our homeless people and stuff. And I was like, I know they're doing incredible things. Let me see how I can help. And that was a wonderful experience. And I got to know people that I never would have had the opportunity to know. And I got to understand how food stamps work. And, you know, I've heard it said that it's not that the rich don't care about the poor. It's that they don't know the poor. And I got to know the faces and names and stories and fall in love and find dear friends with people that didn't grow up the way I did. It was such a wonderful experience, but all of that led, in, but it wasn't the lane that I was designed to be in, right? But all of that led me to that walk-in closet where I was like, look how hard I'm trying, God. He's like, excuse you, that is not what I designed you to do. So what I would say to that girl is, where is God already at work? See where you can join in. And another thing is we like to think, hey, God, I need the whole plan. I need the five-year agenda. I need the whole thing. It's like, no, you need to know the very next. Step is all you really need to know. We are children. We like to forget that. But we are we're babies. <laughs> and if you have had a baby, you know, they're like, oh, they think they know better, right? My two-year-old niece was like, y'all go ahead and go. I can stay here by myself. We're like, oh, really? Oh, sure you can. <laughs> You're two. You think you know it all, right? I think that's how God sometimes He's like, oh, okay, that's adorable. Katie thinks she needs to know every step of the way. How about one step at a time? And, you know, being where God's at work, following one step at a time. And I think that that's really all we need to do. And then he's going to take us to where we need to be. And again, I think he wants us to get us there even more than we do. And just being obedient with the one again step at a time, it makes all the difference. Oh, it's so true. It's good. That's awesome. Practical advice as well. Let's dig a little deeper into this topic of finding your voice. Because I feel like for both you and I, we definitely had it to where certain doors kind of opened. And I don't know about you, but at times, and I still sometimes feel this way, I'm not going to lie, I feel like I'm being shoved up out onto a stage. And I'm like, ah, 
oh no, I have to talk now. Like, I don't, you know, sometimes I just kind of feel like God keeps pushing me into uncomfortable places. However, you do still have to open your mouth and use your voice, right? You know, so, I mean, you do still have to do the hard work. So what are some practical tips that we can give to people who are listening, who are going, okay, this all sounds great. I feel in a tug in a certain direction, but I am terrified of using my voice and I, or they're afraid that they're adopting other people's voices. It's not even their own. What would you say to this topic? Yeah, I think that's just like with anything else that you're trying to get better at is accountability and practice. So for us, you know, we joined that mastermind together and that was huge. It was people who were paid $5,000 for their keynotes and people who had never held a microphone before in their life. And so so, such a different range, yet we could all, you know, encourage each other on that journey. And so that's accountability. We don't necessarily even have to follow a mastermind group. You know, I'm quote mentored by people who never know my name, like podcasts I listen to or YouTube people that I look up to. So there's so much information at our fingertips when it comes to just kind of learning the nitty gritty on what it what it means to find your voice. And you know, that might mean look at a million different ways, right? Not necessarily holding a microphone, but holding your actual phone and showing up on Instagram stories or whatever it may be. And again, like we said, you know, accountability and practice. So that's like with the gym, right? You know, you're not going to be an amazing machine if you show up one day and lift a couple pounds one time. You got to keep showing up and keep showing up. So for me, I think social media is such a beautiful tool and I've used it to share my message and like funny little dances and just practical things that can communicate truth to my market. But when I, I mean, my first Instagrams were stupid and like (laughs) I had no idea what I was doing. And even my first TikTok, which is a fairly new platform. But again, practice makes well I don't want to say perfect practice makes better and just keep showing up there's YouTube videos out there just with anything else just keep trying and you don't expect your first one to be perfect because you're going to be disappointed look to other people that you admire what they're doing just a practical way of making fun uh, TikToks and Instagram I just find other ones that I like what they're doing save it and make my own version of the same or oh that inspires me to say this I want to use that audio, whatever it is. You're not copying. You're getting inspired by what someone else is doing. And then you're just making your version of the same thing. And everyone can do that. I feel like you can be a basket weaver. You can be a florist. Anything you're doing, you can communicate your passion in relatable videos. I feel like that's the future of of sharing your voice, really. And it's so much more attainable than people think it is. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And it is goes back to that starting somewhere. I remember for years, this was before even Instagram it was definitely before Instagram had live video, but people would ask me how to work on their speaking. And my advice was always Facebook live at the time is I'm like, you don't have to wait to be asked to speak on a stage to practice your speaking, doing a Facebook live video. I mean, that's pretty, it's terrifying at first, but you get used to it. You get used to talking and you get used to to honing in on what you want to say. And then the only other thing I would add is I also am a big believer in using your voice in real life. Like, I think there's a lot of us who sometimes, and I raise my hand to say this is me, sometimes I can be more bold online than I am in real life, you know, like willing to jump in there and do videos and everything, but then having a hard conversation, and yeah, maybe not so much in real life, you know, I want to shrink back. And so I love, you know, it's, it's exercising that muscle, just like you said, in the gym, like, all right, just get in there, use it. The more you use it, the more you find your rhythm and the more confident you get for sure. Here's what I know to be true, though. And I think that you would agree with me, Katie, I believe that every single person 
sitting under the sound of our voice today has something to bring to the table. It's not going to look like what you and I look like or what your neighbor looks like or anything, but I am a firm believer that every person has something to add and that you've been strategically planted in your sphere of our world. (laughs) A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I think that um, also realizing that there's room enough for the table for everyone. I used to think, oh, well, someone else was already doing that. But you bring a unique spin. You know, Burger King didn't stop because McDonald's existed. And think of the bazillions of dollars. Pepsi didn't stop because Coke existed. You bring something to the table, even if it's similar to what someone else is doing. You're a different age, a different region of the country. You have a different accent. Like, it can be as nuanced as that. And it really does make a difference. And you're going to relate to someone differently than someone else who already is doing the same thing. And I would, if someone else is doing the same thing that I'm doing, I'm like, come on, sister, I'll help you. There is, if you've got a positive voice, there is room for everyone. I'm not competition. I am support and collaboration. And I think that most people are that way. Yeah, for sure. And that goes back to how you view the kingdom. If we view the king- kingdom as abundance rather than scarcity, then we know there's plenty for everybody. <laughs> there's no such yeah. thing as, you know, only a limited amount of supply for a certain number. No, no. In God's kingdom, there's plenty for everybody. And there's no such thing as, as running out of supply or whatever. We need lots of us stepping up and using our voice in a positive way um, to be a light for sure. Oh, this has been such a good conversation. Um, Before I ask you to tell them, well, actually, no, why don't you go and tell us where they can find you? By the way, I know she's going to tell you, but you need to go follow her on Instagram or TikTok, wherever you guys are. I'm I'm not on TikTok, but I am on Instagram. She's not only hilarious, but she also has awesome, uplifting content. If you ever just need a smile for your day or whatever. So tell them where they can find you online. Uh, Rachel, you're the best. KatieBulmer.life. So my last name is like Bulmer with a B. So KatieBulmer.life. That is, I made it easy. That's my website. And then Instagram, TikTok is just KatieBulmerLife. All the places. That's where you can find me. Awesome. And um, what other, do you have any other resources or anything you want to make sure they know about? Sure. I have lots of information on dating. I have a free quiz and PDF about making a dating plan. I help women just walk with intention into this decision of dating, not just this loosey-goosey way they fare. We'll see what happens. No, like what matters to you? Let's write it down. Let's make a plan. And that can all be found in my link in profile on Instagram or my website. But yeah, that's something that's a popular download. So I love to share it with anyone who's listening. Awesome. Katie, any final words of encouragement for the listeners today before we go? Oh gosh. I would just say, don't wait for the circumstances to be perfect, to have enough money, to have enough bravery like that doesn't happen like the only way to get ahead is to get started and so what lights you up at night like what are you passionate about and start there with just one terrified foot in front of the other it's okay if you're scared like everyone's still scared even the people you look up to they're still scared but just take one step in front of the other and uh, like you said you know your voice is so welcome and needed no matter what it is it's needed Absolutely. Well, thank you again for taking time to come on the show today. I cannot wait to introduce you to my listeners. Yay. Thank you, Rachel. It's time for Let's Get Real Practical. This is the part of the show that we take the topic discussed with today's guest and we get into some practical steps you can implement into your life right now. In today's episode, we discussed finding your voice and staying on mission. Now, if you know me at all, or you followed this podcast for very long at all, you might know that I could talk to you all day long about finding your voice and then being brave enough to use it. 
One thing, though, that I have discovered is I think it is so important to find our voice by starting first at hearing God's voice. Because here's the truth. It's when we lean into his voice that we truly find ours. So I'm going to ask you a couple of very simple questions that I want you to use with your quiet time with God this week and really just process these things with God. Here's the first thing that I want you to talk to God about. Ask God, what areas am I not hearing your voice? As he shows you, he's also probably going to give you a battle plan to silence the voice of others. Sometimes it's the voice of other people. Sometimes it's the voice of our own insecurities. Sometimes it's the voice of the enemy. He's going to show it to you. Now, here's the other thing, though, he's going to do. It might require you to pull back in some areas, like social media, to get alone to hear his voice. When I am struggling to hear the voice of God, almost always it's because I'm allowing the voices of others to influence me more than his voice. And the problem with that is then we become just kind of a a copycat version of other people. And I am a big, big believer that it's only when we sit in the presence of God, we hear his voice speaking truth over us. He speaks life over us. He speaks love over us. And then he does. He gives us those mission moments when he says, hey, daughter, hey, son, I've called you to be a light in this area. It's then and only then that we can move forward in that area on mission with confidence because we heard from the one and only commanding officer who spoke truth about us to our character and who we are and who he created us to be. And then he also speaks truth in the direction in which he's calling us to. So that's the first area I want you to lean into with him. Ask him what areas that you need to submit to him so you hear his voice. The second area that I want you to talk to him about is ask him, what area or group has he called you to serve? All right, so as I prayed over this Get Real Practical segment for today, every day I do, I just pray like, Lord, okay, there's a lot of ways we could get practical. Katie and I talked about a lot of stuff, but I always want the Holy Spirit to show us what he wants to highlight. And I felt very clearly in my heart that he said he is going to speak directly to your hearts, just like he did Katie. You know, Katie shared that story with us that she was in her closet when he said, hey, daughter, I've called you to go speak to sorority girls. I'm so excited to introduce you to Katie because if you watch her online, like I've had the joy of getting to do and get to know her as a friend, I love how she's so clear about who she's supposed to serve. And she does it with such confidence because she sat with her father. He told her who she was, and then he told her who to go serve. And she's so confident in that. And she does it with such authority and grace and beauty. And I want this for all of you as well. So I sensed that he is going to do that very, very audibly even for some of you. I want you to lean in to what he's calling you to, even if it looks nothing like you envisioned. Well, that concludes our Get Real Practical segment for today. If God spoke a specific mission to you, would you leave a review and tell us about it? 
I would love to share it with other listeners. And so if I see those reviews come through that are specific to this episode and what you felt God either confirmed or put you, you know, gave you some sort of a confirmation or a mission that he's called you to, share it. And I would love to announce it on the next podcast and just share some of those testimonies. That would be so much fun for me. Well, I pray that this Real Talk episode brought you one step closer to living free and pursuing your God-given dreams. I'll see you back here next time on Real Talk with Rachel.